0: Your relationship with your therapist can be the most meaningful, fulfilling relationship of your life. Why wouldn't you want more of it? Can you be friends with your therapist? Will it work out or will you be destroying the thing you value most? Today on Open Counseling's Insider's Guide to Therapy podcast, Stephanie and I, Mark Pines, will be exploring that question can you be friends with your therapist? It's one of those questions that we look found over on Reddit constantly. We researched it back and forth because I think it's a fascinating question. And um, hopefully today we can fill you in on all we learned. Hi, Stephanie. Welcome. Hi,
1: Mark. Hi.
0: So, again, we, we started this... Um, that we we researched this topic because it's a very common question. Why can't I be friends with my therapist? And um, there there are plenty of kind of knee-jerk responses to, to that question, like you can't be, or something bland like boundaries, or um, you shouldn't do it, it's bad. But we really wanted to get to what the, the true answer was. Why exactly can't we? Because it seems like such a natural, normal, human thing to do. You, you have a, a really special relationship with your therapist. For, for most people, um, it's one of the most significant relationships of their life. And, and it seems very human to, to want more of that. You know, And I think a lot of the, the desire for friendship is just a simple desire. This feels good. Why can't we do more of that?
1: yeah absolutely. And I think a lot of people uh, have the understanding or have asked a therapist and learned that there there are rules and boundaries and ethical guidelines by which therapists aren't supposed to befriend clients. Um, and there's good reason for that. but I have found, you know in the research I've done and in my experience in the past, um, working in the mental health field that, a lot of even a lot of therapists don't fully understand why that boundary is in place. And um I think it's helpful to understand, A, it's natural to want to be friends with your therapist. Like the fact there's a boundary isn't because you shouldn't have that thought or that desire. It's just that acting on it is inevitably going to cause problems um that can set you back on the work you're trying to do in therapy. And um unfortunately, can damage the therapeutic relationship to the point you, you know, if you try to be friends with a therapist and that doesn't work out, then you're probably not going to be able to have them as a therapist anymore either. And it's just kind of a loss. But, you know, hopefully today we can kind of explain why that is instead of there being this kind of veil of mysteriousness around this issue that there sometimes seems to be.
0: Right. It's almost like taboo. Like, why can't, you know, but, but again, it just seems such a reasonable thing to want. So, I guess we got to start off with, um, you know, therapy is not like a regular relationship. In, in some ways, it is, but in some ways, it, it's not like a, a regular friendship relationship. Um, I know, if, like, when I sit down with my client, I have my phone notifications off. I'm doing absolutely nothing else. I'm here to help my client. I, I, whatever. Um, is on my mind, I do my best to to leave it out. And I really give them as close to 100% of my attention as I can. When I'm with my therapist, you know, if there's a game on, I might check my phone and see what the score is. Um, you know, if something distracts me, that's great. That's just normal, it distracts me. If they uh, start talking about I think one of the hardest things I ever experienced was when I was super into motorcycles, clients would talk about enjoying motorcycles, and I couldn't ask them what they ride and discuss mm. the newest motorcycles that were released. You know, I had to be there therapeutically for them, which is very different from if a friend brought up that topic, I would just run with it and, you know, share my own passions about that.
1: Right, and, and that's a, that, I think that's an important point where... I think there's this perception from clients that the reason you can't be friends with your therapist is that they don't want to be your friend. And that's not true. I think most therapists, that moment you just described where a therapist or a client is talking to you about something you're interested in and you've got this burning desire to want to just jump out of therapist mode and say, oh my God, that's such a great bike or whatever. And just have a, you know, I think a lot of therapists have that moment where they have to practice self-control because they want to. you know like friends friends you just chat about whatever topic and you just go all over the place and therapists can feel that impulse of like if you as a client bring something up they're like oh i would love to just sit here and chat about this and the reason they don't isn't because of how they feel about you it's because they know that that would be counter to the work they're trying to do with you in therapy
0: yeah i mean i i don't remember the specific issue the person came in there who enjoyed motorcycles the same way i did but i'm pretty sure it wasn't he was hoping to discuss motorcycles with his therapist. Right. This is probably like problems with the, his wife or whatever it is, um, you know, w- which was my mandate as a therapist, is to to help him with the issue he was seeking help with. And he was paying me handsomely for that. He was taking his time out for the day. And even if I really wanted to discuss motorcycles, I, I was there to help him with um, his relationship or whatever it happened to be. So, you know, in a way, there's restraint from the therapist, too, you know. And, um, yeah, it's not always just the client who wants to be friends. Often it's the therapist as well. The main thing is, though, um, as the therapist, you know, it's my job to keep the therapy the therapy because therapy kind of works within a certain set of limitations that make it possible and and one of the limitations is that my life doesn't kind of cross over to to their life you know and that enables the person to some safety sharing more of themselves um it allows a, a greater set of intimacy that they just can be with me in the room and know that what is happens in the room and what's is said in the room kind of stays in the room. And once things bleed over to to um, a friendship, a lot of that those things get lost. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. and the the technical term therapists use for what you're describing is called the frame. And, you know, it's just this idea that you've got to create this certain kind of space in therapy that allows therapy to happen. And the reason there's all these boundaries and rules around it um, is because having that structure or that frame is what allows therapy to be therapy and to be healing, you know, and some elements of the frame are sessions last a certain amount of time and then they're done sessions take place in a certain location. But then there's also, I think the more important part of that frame is like the actual dynamics of the relationship that are happening. And you know, one of the aspects of the therapy relationship that's different is you, the client uh, go deeper into yourself and you stay with feelings longer and you talk about things that might be taboo to talk about even with your closest friends and your therapist's job is not to chime in with their opinion or their reaction, their job is to um, kind of help you get into your own feelings and reactions and to help you explore that and understand where those feelings come from, kind of help you connect the dots about some patterns in your life. So it's really important that the therapist keep as much of themselves out of the room as possible. You know, therapists can engage in some amount of self disclosure in ways that can be helpful sometimes, but if a therapist starts talking about themselves too much or putting too much of themselves in the room, it just makes it hard for that work of you going deep into yourself to happen yeah
0: and often i i use the the parallel of a a parent and child um you know as as a parent i've got a child of my own and when he speaks especially when he's particularly young it's mostly about being with him and his thoughts i'm not sharing with him the fight you know his mother and i got in last night or what's annoying me at work, you know, for the most part, I, I'm there for for the child. And that's often um, what I kind of lean on when I with clients. I, I'm mostly there for them, you know, and the fact that they pay me um, makes that possible. And so, um, you know, there, there is something artificial to that. And, and the payment um, sort of covers artificiality. The fact is that I do have a lot of stuff going on in my life there is a lot of stuff that pops to mind but but the payment makes sure that I'm there exclusively during those times I take care of as much of my emotional needs as possible outside the session so I can be there as much as possible for my clients just there for them and um without that the the therapy devolves very quickly um and so Hence, in a way, clients get um, something unusual, which is a lot of concentrated attention on their inner world. And it's immensely enticing for people. Most people um, immensely value that part of therapy. And once they get it, they they take it down and enjoy it and, and it can help them expand their minds heal deep wounds get to know themselves better and it's very understandable that they want more of that they they want to have more of me as a therapist um and, and kind of have that on an ongoing basis and so it's just a very human thing to to want to take the therapy relationship out into to the friend realm
1: yeah and i think the the mistake that's a natural mistake people make because therapy is so different from uh, other kinds of relationships is thinking when they imagine I want to have a friendship with my therapist what they're often imagining not always but what they're often imagining is just e- expanding the therapy relationship it's almost like making your therapist portable oh I can take my therapist out to the coffee shop and maybe I can take them to you know target with me and and I can just have access to this wonderful experience and, and more t- more time, more places, more situations. But the reality is that the kind of attention that a, a therapist gives you in a session is that that is not something they can sustain 24 hours a day, 16 hours a day. You know, as long as they're awake, being social. Um, and you know, therapists have to practice a lot of self care because giving that much of yourself to somebody. It, it takes mental and emotional effort to kind of not go into the normal banter or the normal back and forth or, you know, therapists are expected to bracket off their reactions, their biases, their opinions, because the session's not, you know, therapy's not about that. And it's not, you know, when you say, when people say a therapist is non-judgmental, that doesn't mean your therapist never has thoughts one way or the other it, about what you just said. It's that they put all of that on a shelf. Because therapy is not about that. So when they're in the room with you, they're helping you get into your own experience. They're not taking attention away to go into their reaction to your experience. So that kind of interaction takes sustained attention and mental effort and emotional effort. And, you know, therapists need downtime, you know. So when a therapist is outside of the office, if they're healthy and practicing good self-care, you know, their friendships are, you know, true friendships. There's a back and forth. Therapists sometimes tune out when they're with their friends. And so what happened, you know, in a lot of the stories I read about people that made an attempt to become friends with their therapist, which, by the way, therapists that are really on top of their game are going to not go into that with you. If you try to get them to go have coffee or be your friend, you're going to get some gentle pushback for the reasons we're talking about. But, you know, therapists are human and sometimes they... Uh, make misjudgments, you know, and there were stories that people told of becoming friends with their therapist. And one of the more universal things that came out was sometimes kind of scandalous things happen. Therapists hit on a client, but most of the time, it was just they they kind of disappointed the client in the way that friends always disappoint each other. You know, you you get to have this wonderful pure focus on you with your therapist and then to suddenly be in a situation where your therapist is scatterbrained and not paying attention to you and not noticing how you're feeling like, oops, I got to leave early. Or they, you know, they, they don't show up when you're expecting them to Uh, being disappointed that way in a normal human way by a therapist affects how it feels to go back into therapy and be in the room with them, which is, you know, one of the many reasons therapists have this ethical prohibition against, having someone who's both a client and a friend at the same time yeah
0: and that's a great thing to bring up because um clients are often kind of frustrated by this like why can't i have what i want but a therapist who has been down you know has really given this a lot of thought realizes that it is genuinely in the client's best interest not to be friends with the client you know it's not they're in fact not taking away something from you. They're, they're giving you something very, very meaningful, which is the therapy itself.
1: Um, yeah, and and I think one of the more important things that I wanted to emphasize in this article, because I think the takeaway people have is like if they tell their therapist, hey, I'd like to be friends, would you want to grab a coffee with me? Can we hang out? And when they get the pushback from the therapist, we can't do that. They feel like, um, you know, it's, it's this... Um, like you said, it's this deprivation or it's this, you know, the therapist doesn't want to do this. And and the the worst outcome of that for some clients is that they feel like, well, if my therapist doesn't like me enough to actually want to be my friend and hang out with me, does that mean everything that happens in the therapy room is fake? And to me, it's very important to emphasize that, that that's not the truth of what's going on. First of all, it's not that your therapist doesn't want to be your friend on a human level. It's that as being more concerned about being a good therapist to you they know they can't do both but the other side of it is that what happens in the therapy room is deeply authentic your therapist truly does care about you your therapist really is interested in you your therapist really is responding to you when you feel like your therapist cares about you that's because they do you know so you know it's there are unique benefits to the therapy relationship that Exist because it's got these structures and limitations. And, you know, what a lot of people found is that as soon as you take those away, um, you lose a lot of the benefits of therapy. So, you know, it's this idea that therapy is a true, authentic, unique kind of relationship that's wonderful and healing. It just has this very limited world it can live in. You know, you can't just take your therapist with you everywhere as lovely as that would be. It has to happen in this kind of controlled environment almost. And you, you get to have this intimacy with your therapist. That's very real, uh, where they're, they're connecting to you on a profound level. And that is real. Um, it's just that it, it, it's natural to have the fantasy or the desire that, that this intimacy, this connection, this feeling seen, heard, and understood, which is something we all yearn for on such a profound level. We just want more of that. Of course, That's always going to happen. I mean, I think it's, it's a good sign if you, you start having feelings about your therapist, whether they're romantic, platonic, wanting more of them. It means that connection is happening, and it means it's real. Um, it's just that you can't, you can't take it out of therapy. It just doesn't work.
0: Um, gosh, like you, you brought up something that sounds so important there, which is, um, when you feel within you the, the desire to have a friendship with your therapist, it, it, it often means the therapy is working really well. You're yeah. feeling connected, close. This is something good that I want more of. And, and, you know, that, that point can't be made too much. Um, you know, my, my fear is that people feel, shame for for wanting something that they can't have or they may feel rejected by the therapist but the very fact that you want the relationship with the therapist shows that you know that there's a part of you really responding to to the care and the lack of judgment and the attention and what all the other things that the therapist is able to give you which means that therapy is doing really well and most therapists will um see your request to to be friends in that light yet you know i i really think that you know all therapists should turn down the request and and you know tenderly tenderly because it's a very vulnerable thing to to admit a desire to be friends um you know it's a very tender human desire that
1: yeah and i think it, it brings out some things too where therapy can is healing in so many different ways and you know um one of the ways that it's more universally healing is helping you realize that you're not alone that the Mm. reason you're struggling with whatever you're struggling with isn't because you are uniquely defective um so many of the things we struggle with we all struggle with it's just that it's not something we bring up with everyday friends you Mm. know when your friends ask how are you even if they're really good friends, you usually don't go into like, well, I'm really depressed and I just don't know what the point of any of this is. Most, I mean, there's some of us that might feel comfortable enough with certain friends to go there, but usually we kind of keep it on the surface and we only get deeper if we feel like there's an opening for that. Um, You know, but I, I think that we all, one of the things that we universally all experience is whether you're in a time of your life where you're kind of isolated and you don't have a lot of supportive relationships, you don't have a great support system or whether you have tons of friends and family and a good relationship, everyone struggles with some aspect of loneliness or wanting to connect more deeply or wanting to be seen and known in a way they don't feel seen and known. That's a, such a human thing, and therapy brings that out, and we can explore it and heal it. So the fact that part of you feels has this fantasy of if only I could be friends with my therapist, I would have this friend that really gets me, that's something we all yearn for. So the fact that you want that doesn't mean there's something off about you. That just means you're human. So it's, it's, you know, in therapy, it's like you've got to explore that, you know. We, we explore things in therapy that are about your unique issues that you're working through, but we also explore things that are just things all human beings struggle with.
0: And I think the the wonderful thing about it is um, – Two, two strong feelings get elicited. One is how gratifying it is when we, you know, have what we want. We have the intimacy. We have the the closeness. But then the other really important feeling is how terrible it feels when we don't, you know. And, and you know, in a way we can have the therapist, but in a way we can't. You right. know? And, and so... When the therapist frustrates you, which they should, you know, say like we can't be friends. There's also an opportunity to catch those feelings, catch the hurt feelings, catch the feelings of rejection or shame or loneliness, whatever feelings come up, when we can't have the the thing we desire so much.
1: Yeah, and you know, I I love the way you describe that because that's one of the unique benefits of therapy and one of the reasons that therapists are so dedicated to preserving the special therapy relationship is that this ability to have a feeling or a reaction to your therapist and to share about it talk it out in the moment and have your therapist kind of be there with you as you explore that feeling that you're having that's not something you can do in your other relationships you know I I have found even if you're very personal growth oriented and you have friends that you talk about therapy related topics too. that thing about that thing that a therapist is uniquely qualified to do, which is kind of help you explore your own reactions is such a powerful thing. So it's why some, you know, when you have a response to your therapist that you can then, share with them, which does take courage, by the way. We understand how Indeed. awkward it is. To tell your therapist, I like you, can we be friends? That's hard. It's hard to have your therapist respond. We can and here's why. So it, it does take courage and your therapist knows that and, and honors that if you if you do share that. So being able to share that feeling or reaction. If you're if you're angry at your therapist, if you're disappointed, if you're if you're longing for a deeper connection with them. Working, sitting with that feeling, and helping your, you know, having your therapist help you explore it, um, can lead to a lot of healing and insight that that isn't really possible to achieve in other kinds of interactions or relationships.
0: You know, and so and so so here is um, the the silver lining to this thing, I think, which is. No, you you can't have your therapist and be friends with your therapist. That that's um, that's like wanting to have your cake and eat it too. But the very fact that you can kind of have your therapist as a therapist, and they can help you with some of the rejected, lonely, you know, shameful feelings that often come up when you you can't have the thing you want. You know that this is the thing that makes people grow. This is um, catching all the feelings and giving them names and making them bearable. You know how unbearable is heartache, how unbearable is loneliness, how unbearable is it to to not have um, your your heart's desires. And yet, there's a, a place for that in therapy too. In fact, we. Um, As therapists kind of construct the situation so that you can feel those things, they're normal things and we can talk about them and um, you can transcend them by by feeling them and seeing that we can survive them and give them names and they can just be normal parts of life and, and not something that needs to be avoided or the most terrible thing in the world.
1: Yeah, and that's just one of the unique gifts of therapy and why the therapy relationship is, is awesome. And, you know, our hope is that we can help you understand why um, it's it's great to just let the therapy relationship be what it is because it's such a unique uh, relationship that's so powerful. And, and so it's, ma- it's amazing to be able to experience that. And, you know, I think one of the last points that I would want to make um, that I made in the article is that... Um, you know, we're emphasizing how powerful and important the therapy relationship is, but friendship is really powerful and important too. You know, we're not saying friendship's not as good. I mean, it's just, there are two different kinds of relationships and they're both important. I think the best case scenario is when you have a therapist who's a great therapist and you have a great relationship with your therapist and you also have good friends. You know, uh, therapy can do things for you that, that friendship can't, but the, the reverse is true too. So, you know, it's just that there are different kinds of relationships that just aren't compatible with each other, and that you can't have one person who's both, and it's actually successful.
0: Oh, and that's a, a great note um, to wrap up with. So, Stephanie has written a wonderful article, Why Can't I Be Friends with My Therapist? And it's going to go into a lot of really the nitty gritty with that. I mean, just looking through here, we got. Why doesn't my therapist want to be my friend? What is the harm in being friends with my therapist? What's so special about the therapy relationship? Why is talking to a therapist different from talking to a friend? That's a great section, by the way. And then why can't my therapist be my friend even after therapy is over? Um, So amazingly researched, very personably written. Um, I really encourage you to go over to opencounseling.com and Take a look for the article, Why Can't I Be Friends with My Therapist? So with that, thank you for listening and uh, look forward to speaking next week.